Now, a few years back, a very disturbing and disgusting trend that we kept seeing in the news involved weaponized excrement, often human feces, often deployed via bucket. It's a good deployment device. I guess, if you're evil like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, This was all, it was the stuff of nightmares. A woman walking down Hollywood Boulevard having a bucket of hot diarrhea randomly poured on her head. Multiple poop bucket attacks over multiple days at the University of Toronto. A Florida woman throwing a bucket of shit at her elderly landlord. And then later, in Chicago, a guy changed things up a bit by throwing cups full of hot piss in the the faces of random people walking their dogs. I I don't know why I felt that one was worse after all the other ones, but just, it just was a pile-on there at the end, and just a cherry on top. But it's been a while since we've seen excrement deployed as a weapon, but it was only a matter of time until this phenomenon reared its stinky, unhygienic head once again. And it might not provide too much comfort, but at least in this latest case, the feces involved was dog shit, not human shit. Not sure whether that's more or less disgusting, but at least it's a change for once. It depends on how what, what you're feeding the dog, I guess. Uh, true. Uh, what makes this recent shit attack especially interesting, though, is the identity of the attacker. This wasn't some mentally ill vagrant. This was the director of a prestigious German ballet company. And the victim wasn't random. This was a targeted attack against a critic who had written a negative review. Here's CNN. The director of a leading German ballet company is being investigated by police and has been suspended for smearing dog feces on a critic's face after taking offense to a review she wrote. According to an article published in the Frankfurter Allgemeine Zeitung, or FAZ, on Sunday, Marco Gecke, the head of Hanover State Opera's ballet company, allegedly verbally attacked journalist Wiebke Huster during the intermission of a ballet premiere performance. The confrontation seems to have been spurred by a previous review that Huster had written, according to the newspaper. FAZ reports that Gekka threatened to ban their critic from the Hanover State Opera and then smeared a paper bag with dog feces in her face. Gekka apologized to Huster and all affected for his absolutely unacceptable action in a statement sent to CNN Tuesday. It's funny to like position it as a heat of the moment kind of thing, but it's it's a bag of dog shit. You know, we all get carried away sometimes. Um, in America, the people that carry guns on them 24-7, sometimes they get carried away and the results are deadly. Yeah. Over in Germany, not as many guns, but lots of dogs. And those dogs, they poop sometimes, and sometimes the owner has to carry that shit around a little bit. And this is what happens. Now, apo- only, apologies to all of them. If only there was a good guy with a bag of dogs. That's true. Apologies to all the German viewers, but there is at least a slightly better chance in Germany of someone actually enjoying uh, this process. Yeah, so. yeah, that's true. Um, now, here in America, here in America, guns are one thing. When it comes to bagged dog shit, we literally place it lovingly on the doorstep of our enemies and light it on fire. That's right. So that they ruin their boots. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's not a nice thing to do, but it's, it's a lot, poop again. It's a lot nicer than smearing that shit all over their face. Call the fire department. This one's out of control. Uh, so, yeah, this is probably the most exciting thing that's ever happened at a ballet performance, that's for sure. And definitely not what normies would imagine when they picture what goes on at these sort of classy, black-tie European opera house events. Explain yourself, sir. You've got some explaining to do. From the article again. In retrospect, I clearly realized that this was a shameful act in the heat of the moment and an overreaction following a nervous strain of two premieres in quick succession in The Hague on February 9th and in Hanover on Saturday, he added. Gekka told public broadcaster NDR on Tuesday that Hooster had been throwing shit at him for years. Oh, really? Like actual shit? Oh, 
you know, I, just th- I think he means like bad reviews. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she throws shit at me. Throw shit, get hit. Yeah. I um, guess. Over on Insider, they offer a little more insight into this uh, backstory here. The subject of Huster's scathing review was Gekka's new show, In the Dutch Mountains, which the critic compared to being driven insane and killed by boredom. That's a pretty harsh review. Mm-hmm. The choreographer said he felt personally attacked by Huster's repeated criticism of his work, saying her often nasty reviews have been a staple of his life for 20 years. Wow. I don't think any hardworking person would put up with that for long, and I really stand behind that, Gekka said. All right, so it sounds like this guy has been waiting to smear dog shit on this critic's face for a very long time. But he claims it just happened in the heat of the moment. His Tuesday statement also elucidated one of the more bizarre mysteries of the incident as Geki explained why he had dog feces on him in the first place. Oh, good, good. Okay. Quote, my old dachshund made a pile and I put it in a bag and wanted to dispose of it outside, he wrote. The director said he then met Huster during the break of a ballet evening to confront her. As the conversation quickly escalated, yeah, he pulled the bag out and smeared it on Hooster's face, he said, acting in the heat of the moment. It just happens, you know? Suddenly I find this bag of shit in my hand, mm-hmm. and I find my hand just shoving it in this woman's face. It's the German version of, uh, I believe it's, what is it, it uh, comes from the French, the slapping of the white glove. Yeah. So I that's what they do in Germany. And speaking slap of... Slap with the shit. Speaking of Germans... Throw down the poop gauntlet. Speaking of Germans getting harsh reviews, I believe whoever wrote that Variety review about the Winnie the Pooh movie, which was directed by a German worker, uh, should watch out. Yeah. I mean, this isn't even the worst thing that's happened when someone in Germany's art was reviewed reviewed negatively. It could go a lot worse, I'd say, compared to the alternative. uh, A little poop assault, not that bad. Yes, I guess. (laughs) In comparison. (laughs) Despite apologizing, sort of, Uh, This guy has continued to double down on the idea that, uh, dog shit aside, he was in the right. Why are you booing? (laughs) From the New York Times, I'm still not free of this anger, Mr. Gekka said. Ms. Huster had written just two positive pieces about his work during his career, he said, and he felt many of her reviews were attempts to damage him. If I'd been a woman and the critic a man, this would be seen differently, he said. Not sure about that. Yeah, I mean, maybe, but... Buddy, this is less about a man assaulting a woman as it is about a person shoving dog shit in another person's face over some negative reviews. That's that's what it's about, mm-hmm. really. Yeah, um, it's just a very weird, gross thing to do. And if a woman did it to a man, it would it would still be very weird and very gross. Uh huh. I'd say. But uh, anyways, back to not caring about what goes on in the world of ballet. Yep. Finally, uh, let's talk about something that's more up our alley: lying U.S. Congress members. Most politicians lie, it's, it's a big part of their job, but the number of lies uncovered about freshman Congressman George Santos in just the past month and a half, they've been staggering. This man didn't just bend the truth, he broke it. And while many of his lies seem to have been done for political or financial gain, a lot of them he seems to have just done for fun, or because he's pathologically incapable of telling the truth. Anyway, like every week so far this year and every week for the foreseeable future, Mm -hmm. we of course have some George Santos updates for you today. Though they are not as exciting as last week's news about George Santos allegedly stealing dogs from the Amish. Yeah, it's probably a a high point in the George Santos saga. This week it's just more financial fuckery. Uh, Turns out, when Santos first ran for Congress in 2020 and lost by more than 12 points, he decided to ride the wave of Republican election recount hysteria and fundraise for his own little recount. 
Uh, he created the Devolder Santos for Congress Recount Fund, or DSCR, a day after the election, and managed to raise $265,000, which is pretty wild when you consider his actual election campaign only raised around $358,000. So that's almost as much as he raised in the campaign. Well, they weren't for, angry before. Yeah. That's why, yeah. Uh, so how did that recount go? Yeah. Well, there never was one. Oh. So where'd the money go? Well, according to one watchdog group, Santos basically just used the extremely lax laws around recount funds to line his pockets and offset costs for his 2022 campaign. And they're asking the Federal Elections Commission to look into it. Then there's, of course, the question of where the money all came from in the first place. It's believable that he'd be able to raise a good amount of money riding the wave of Trump's stolen election claims, but still, it's a lot of money. And here's the Daily Beast with some interesting details. Most of Santos's recount money came from small, unitemized donations of $200 or less, FEC records show. Those donations, which don't trigger disclosure requirements, made up around $203,000 of the total, or about 77%. For his campaign, it was the reverse, with unitemized donations comprising just shy of $50,000 of the haul, or around 17%. While Santos isn't required to disclose those donor names, WinRed, the GOP's small-dollar online fundraising platform that handled those donations, did disclose them. According to FEC data, DSCR received more than 7,500 separate donations via WinRed in the six weeks after the 2020 election. That's about 3,100 more individual contributions than WinRed reported for his full 2020 campaign. Still wild that, like, strange. like, having a thousand separate $199 donations or whatever. I mean, it's possible with, uh, you know, there's a yeah, lot of people in his district. Sure, I gave Bernie Sanders $27 a whole bunch of times. Yeah, exactly. If you were looking for something suspicious, that might pop out. But that's just how most people aren't giving, like, thousands of dollars to politicians. True, especially to someone who lost. Uh, if you if you do have extra money, we have a thank button right below the video. If we can yeah. get 1,000 people to donate a, a $199, what a time it'll be. Anyways, another interesting detail to come out of this increased scrutiny on Santos's 2020 campaign is that Santos somehow loaned his own campaign $80,000, despite reporting zero income in 2020, <laughs> and $55,000 in 2019. Just uh, at face value. Where'd that money come from, George? Some pretty odd stuff. Uh, selling puppies from the Amish. Yeah, you sell enough puppies, it's uh, you can fund all sorts of political stunts. With all those Amish puppy mills, they're cranking out good dogs, too. Mm -hmm. Expensive dogs that the people well, of New uh, York... Well-treated dogs. <laughs> uh, it seems like it would have just all... All of this would have just floated under the radar uh, if Santos hadn't actually ended up winning in 2022, which might not have been part of his plan. We yeah. don't know. And uh, then, you know, obviously been immediately exposed for various easily disprovable lies about his past. I, I might be under the uh, impression that George Santos never intended on winning. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he lost by 12 points in 2020. Um, yeah, I don't think like the district again, the district he ran in is like not a deep red district at all. Yeah. And so uh, that's the thing is. If he just constantly kept running for office and losing, then he can keep running a grift yeah, that is never Yeah, it seems like ending. a pretty good grift. The uh, problem is he won. It's a grift that you see a lot of Republicans do in, like, L.A. County. Yeah. Every cycle, there's, like, some dude who raises, like, a decent amount of money to just get fucking bodied by Maxine Waters yeah. uh, in the general election. Well, like, on the other hand, you have Rick Caruso, who spends way too much of his own money and then completely fucking vanishes. That was a cell phone, though. I don't think there was anything more nefarious there than Rick Caruso yeah. just having that billionaire confidence that, like... Him and Bloomberg! Yeah. Just, just here's all this money completely wasted and then com and then just disappear from public life. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's... there. 
I think it's entirely possible that he did not expect to actually win or want to because it seems like he could have just kept this going for several election cycles and like retired at 40. Yeah, and been a victim <laughs> the entire time. Yeah. An actual, uh, in his theory, victim because he did actually lose. That wasn't a lie. Mm -hmm. But everyone ruined his life by <laughs> voting him into office. Yeah, this is not, this is not part of the plan for the scam. In all the photos, uh, and I know photos don't tell a whole story, but in all the photos of him, he, he doesn't look very happy. No, he looks like he's <laughs> like, fuck, what the God. fuck have I gotten myself into? Shit. Yeah. Anyway, the Santos saga definitely raises the question of how many other politicians and failed politicians in this country have done similar things and managed to just avoid similar scrutiny mm -hmm. by not taking it quite so far. Yeah. And uh, in terms of finances, it's almost certainly a bigger problem, uh, especially in the House of Representatives. There's hundreds of them. Mm -hmm. can't, can't expect us to keep track of all of them. But what about uh, the other kinds of lies? Like, for example, is Santos the only person in Congress who lied about being Jewish? Turns out, no. Uh-oh. Uh, here's the Washington Post with a report on another freshman Republican House member, Anna Paulina Luna of Florida's 13th Congressional District. Luna stated on the campaign trail and in an interview with Jewish Insider in November that she, while she identifies as Christian, she was raised as a Messianic Jew by her father. Messianic Jews identify as Jewish and say they believe that Jesus is the Messiah. Quote, I am also a small fraction Ashkenazi, she added, referring to Jews whose ancestors lived in Central or Eastern Europe. Luna's mother said her father was a Christian that embraced the Messianic faith. He eventually got clean and started attending a Messianic Jewish church in Orange County. He brought Anna to services and she buried him to Jewish customs, Monica Luna wrote in a text. However, three members of Luna's extended family said that her father was Catholic and that they were not aware of him practicing any form of Judaism while Luna was growing up. George Mayerhofer's father, Heinrich Mayerhofer, immigrated to Canada from Germany in 1954 and identified as Roman Catholic, according to an immigration record reviewed by the Post. According to several family members, Heinrich Mayerhofer, who died in 2003, served in the armed forces of Nazi Germany when he was a teenager in the 1940s. It was the worst lie possible. Not yeah. only am I not Jewish, my uh, relatives <sighs> might have been responsible for, you know, bits and pieces here and there of the yeah. literal Holocaust. And uh-oh, one of Luna's relatives even provided the post with this photo of old granddad in his Wehrmacht uniform. So that is double confirmed there. And look, sure, by all accounts, it looks like this guy just happened to have been, had the misfortune of being an able-bodied young Aryan man in Germany during World War II and doesn't seem to have been proud of what he did there. Um, and also having a Nazi grandfather uh, doesn't, uh, you know, necessarily make you a Nazi. It's, True, yeah. It's just but odd. It's an odd thing to lie about. I'm just saying, if your grandpa fought for the Nazis, and there's photographic evidence of this, it seems ill-advised to go and make dubious claims about having a Jewish identity while running for Congress. Uh, in, in what is pretty clearly a bid to, like, win over Florida's uh, old... Jewish voters. Mm -hmm. uh, but look, this is just one, one of many things about this woman that has many comparing her to Santos. Uh, the Post talked to multiple people from her past who say that her official backstory is heavily embellished. Um, but yeah, none of what I read in this article other than the Nazi part really rises to George Santos' status. At least not yet. It, it took a little while for the Santos uh, snowball to really mm -hmm. pick up steam. So uh, the, the, the Congresswoman Luna, we've got our eyes on you. The great thing to watch will be them uh, trying to one-up each other with their lies. Because you know neither of them is going to want to be second best in the lying competition. Yeah. So yeah. 
might be on our way to Amish country right now. Which, by the way, Florida is Amish country. Yeah, they do have their own little weird Amish country down there. Yeah, it's where they all go for Rumspringa, and a lot of them stay. So yeah. uh, it's a very vibrant Amish community. How many dogs did she steal? We don't know yet. Uh, how many pieces of Amish furniture should she have in her house? well-built furniture it's not some ikea bullshit you're gonna have to pay you're paying for quality here yeah Hope yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways meanwhile another freshman republican house member andy ogles of tennessee's fifth congressional district has also recently had his backstory fact checked and here's local outlet wtvf with what they found if you believe middle tennessee's newest congressman he's not only a businessman he's also an economist a nationally recognized expert in tax policy and health care a trained police officer even an expert in international sex crimes but an exclusive News Channel 5 investigation discovered that Andy Ogle's personal life story is filled with exaggerations, a story that's often too good to be true. So yeah, it turns out, despite repeatedly claiming to have received a degree in economics, Ogles has blocked the Middle Tennessee State University from sharing his education history with the press, which seems like something you would only do if you didn't want them to mm-hmm. see what you actually got a degree in. And in an old resume that WTVF found, Ogles lists his degree as a BS in international relations, not economics. You got the BS part right. Yeah, I certainly did. Nevertheless, well, here's the article again. Yeah, you know, I'm an economist, Ogles told a C-SPAN interviewer. Later, asked to name the committees to which he would like to be assigned, Ogles began, so I'm an economist. On the TV show Washington Watch in January, he added to the claim, I'm an economist. I worked in economics. I worked in healthcare." It was a claim Ogles began making on the campaign trail, beginning one answer in a Wilson County GOP debate by saying, you know, as an economist, in his first meeting on the House Financial Services Committee, Ogles prefaced one question to a group of expert witnesses referring to himself, you know, as an economist. This is, he sounds like a Twitter reply guy. Who's like a black but, man? Butts into conversations to like uh, give their expert knowledge on a topic they know nothing about. Yeah. Or at least maybe have a loose awareness of uh, you know, some independent study. But yeah, this is like, uh, as an economist, this tw- this take is uh, completely false. Yeah, and like, I mean, if you're in politics, you would uh, presumably have some economic, like, expertise. Yeah, that would be nice. But you would only call yourself an economist if you had, uh, you know, the degrees to back that up. No, he's an enthusiast. It's not, yeah, you don't call yourself an economist because it's a hobby. He read Freakonomics <laughs> and was like, damn, what a book. Yeah. Wow. I'm a Freakonomist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's also Ogle's claims of being a former cop and expert on international sex crimes from the article. During one GOP debate, the candidate prefaced one answer, quote, as a former member of law enforcement worked in international sex crimes, specifically child trafficking. In another form, he claimed, you know, my midlife crisis, I went into law enforcement. I worked in human trafficking. Interviewed on C-SPAN after he took office in Congress, Ogle spoke about human trafficking over the southern border, claiming, This is from first-hand experience of someone who worked in that space. I turned gray because of it. Again, on the night of the State of the Union, he told C-SPAN, You know, part of my career, I worked in human trafficking. It's a weird way to phrase it, the way he's done it there. I worked in human trafficking. Which side? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And here's the part about how that's all bullshit. In fact, our investigation found Ogles was sworn in as a volunteer reserve deputy with the Williamson County Sheriff's Office in July 2009. Aha! He got you! Records show he lost that position two years later for not meeting minimum standards, making no progress in field training, and failure to attend required meetings. There is nothing in Mr. Ogles' training or personnel file that indicates he had any involvement in international sex trafficking in his capacity as a reserve deputy, Williamson County Sheriff spokesperson Sharon Puckett told News Channel 5. So he's literally just a bootlicker. 
Well, I didn't personally have the pleasure of serving, <laughs> but I'd, I'd like to think that... Uh, uh, what did you do as you, dur uh, during your time as a reserve deputy? I cleaned all of their boots. No, I was also a doctor. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they, I set up my own practice down in Florida. He they, has joined the war against international sex trafficking. On the side! It's <laughs> <laughs> just wild that, like... Like, I, just the balls you have to have to lie about shit like that. I feel like... As a public figure. Maybe I, I, I'm... Uh, but I guess, I mean, who cares? He's already got the job. I, I'm trying to think of it in a, in a way that's not as evil. But yeah, it, it reminds me of like a Steve Ranazizi thing where you, you say it once and then you kind of have to keep going. And then you have to add more details so that people believe it more. But like, at least... With the Steve Ranazizi thing, like claiming you barely survived 9-11... Like, that's something you accidentally drop in conversation, and then it's going to keep coming up and coming yeah. up. Because it's, it's, very, very it's a very interesting fact. Yeah. Saying, I'm an economist, that's, that doesn't meet that threshold. But it, it gives you the requirements necessary for uh, your, your constituents to put trust in you. He knows things. He's yeah. an economist. You know, as a non-economist, I look up to him for information. He's an economist. He's a cop. Yeah. He's a sex trafficker. Uh -huh. Or, sorry, anti-sex. I don't know. He wasn't clear about that part. But I like the other stuff he said. Yeah, exactly. But let's move on now to another topic that's uh, recently been in the news quite a bit. Trains. Choo-choo. But while our train problems here in the States involve derailments spilling hazardous chemicals into waterways, over in Spain, they've got a bit of train trouble themselves. Luckily, the mistakes happening with Spain's railways aren't leading to environmental disasters and are instead just kind of funny. Here's Zero News. Spain has spent 258 million euros on trains that are too big to fit in its rail network's tunnels. <laughs> that train too big for that goddamn tunnel. <laughs> Since the blunder was exposed by local newspaper El Comercio late last month, two transport bosses have been fired. The 31 commuter trains were ordered by Renfe in 2020. They are set to replace an aging fleet in the poorly connected northern autonomous region of Asturias and Cantabria. Originally stated for completion in 2024, the much-needed update is now likely to be delayed until at least 2026. It has also emerged that the manufacturer, Basque-based CAF, flagged the error back in March 2021. Hey, I mean, at least they figured this out before one of the trains tried to actually go through the tunnel. So, look on the bright side. That would have been very bad. America bad. Yeah, they also luckily hadn't started manufacturing the trains, but still a huge blunder that sets the Spanish government back a lot of money and sends the whole design process back to the drawing board. Uh, it could have gone worse, though. Something similar happened in France nine years ago. This is not the first time such a fiasco has taken place. In 2014, French train operator SNCF ordered 2,000 regional trains that were too wide for the network's platforms. Again, the error was caused by data from the infrastructure manager that did not account for older structures. In this case, the trains were already made and the platforms had to be rebuilt at great cost. But look, you got new platforms. What are you complaining hey, about? Hey, yeah. Uh, I mean, that seems like it worked out. You get a nice wide platform now. When I was looking up the information one there. about um, European train operation and American train operation, there's like comparisons to be made about uh, how many accidents happen on them. Um, unfortunately, it's, it's actually a lot more, at least in the immediate response, uh, depressing in Europe because uh, a major percentage of their train accidents are suicides because the, of the how much trains oh, yeah. are in metro areas. And no, it's, it's, um, I, I lived in Germany for a little bit uh, in college. And um, uh, yeah, I didn't notice. They have a really cool way of uh, using euphemisms for it. They're like, sorry, trains delayed for uh, 
the word they use is like persona shada, which is like personal misfortune. Yeah. It's like, oh, another personal misfortune delay. I wonder what that means. It took me like a month, a few months, but like, yeah, it means someone like jumped, someone killed themselves on the tracks, and that's why the train's late. They're, they're scraping the guy off the tracks. Mm -hmm. So depressing. Now, luckily here in America, it takes maybe decades to die from the poison that you've gotten yeah. from the result of one of our trains, but uh, there you go. I guarantee you, if we ever even reached a point where, uh, you know, European-style commuter rail was actually on the table mm -hmm. uh, for this country, uh, that would be one of the, the big, uh, the naysayer talking points would be like, well, look at Europe, people are jumping in front of these trains all the time, killing themselves, like... Counterpoint, we have guns here. Yeah, we... That's the thing. They do look, at, look at the Australian numbers from when they banned guns and how the suicide rate went, and this is just data. Yeah, but if they built new trains in Australia, the suicide would go back go back up, I think. The only way to stop a, a depressed man with a train is uh, a good guy with a gun. A bigger train. A, yeah. It's a, it's a tunnel that can't fit that train. Yes, make the tunnel smaller. Yeah, shrink yeah, the tunnels. There you go. That way, well, enough you know, of the depressing data that we've been pulling up <laughs> randomly. Uh, we do have to move on to the headlines after the show, but before we do that, this episode is sponsored by Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. This new year, you've got goals, and Factor is here to help you achieve each and every one of them. Save time and have the energy that you need to tackle everything on your to-do list with Factor's ready-to-eat nutritious meals delivered straight to your door. Get Factor and not only skip the trip to the grocery store, but skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is eat and enjoy. No matter what your lifestyle, Factor has the meals to help you live it to the fullest with keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and protein plus meals on the menu each week. Prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. With 34 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 36-plus sweets, smoothies, juices, and more satisfying add-ons. Looking to cut back on takeout? Get Factor instead. Not only is Factor cheaper than takeout, but meals are ready quicker than restaurant delivery. Just two minutes. Eating vegan or veggie is a snap with Factor because each meal is prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians. You also know that your Factor meal has all the ingredients that you want and nothing that you don't. And if you're looking to mix it up, you can add a protein to select vegan and veggie meals each week just to piss off the vegans. Yeah, I won't tell. Mm -hmm. Head to factormeals.com slash weeklyweird50 and use code weeklyweird50 to get 50% off your first box. That's code weeklyweird50 at factormeals.com slash weeklyweird50 to get 50% off your first box. I had uh, some delicious, like uh, that baked crumbly mac and cheese oh, that's last week. It was, oh, it was so that's good. That's a good one. Uh, but this episode is also sponsored by Honey. The easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or your computer. We all shop online. We've all seen that promo code field taunting us at checkout. But thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one that it finds to your cart. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you check out, the Honey button appears and all you have to do is click apply coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it can find for that site. And if Honey finds a working coupon, you'll watch the prices drop. I had to uh, pick up... Uh reorganizing the old vinyl collection, had to pick Ooh. up some uh, dust sleeves, got a 15% off coupon, wasn't even expecting it, wow. appreciated it. Not too expensive of an item, but Still, everything helps. Every cent counts. Honey doesn't just work on desktop, it also works on your iPhone too. Just activate it on Safari, on your phone, and save on the go. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting our show. We wouldn't recommend something we don't use, so get PayPal Honey for free at joinhoney.com weird. That is joinhoney.com. Slash weird. 
And now for the headlines half of the show, where yeah. uh, the news, all you really need to know is right there in the headlines. Yeah, they explain it all, and it's usually funnier than everything in the story. But uh, look, this is our world. We're living in it, and yeah. we find things weird about it. Starting with, a man who's been to every Super Bowl in history says he's still never seen his team play in the big game. Uh, quite what, a curse. What team is it? The Detroit Lions. Oh, my God. They've never been in the Super Bowl? Never. And there's like, uh, I think there's two other teams. I think the Jaguars have never been to the mm-hmm. Super Bowl. And then I don't remember what the other one was. The, but, uh, Detroit's weird. I, it's got to really sting because they had uh, Matt Stafford and then he came to the Rams and we won the Super Bowl. It's got to sting. Yeah. Yeah. But this, yeah, this old man is a very old man. He uh, Hopefully he, he gets his wish. He went to the first one because I guess the Super Bowl was in Detroit. No, the first one is in L.A. At the Coliseum. Well, then I don't know. But uh, he, uh, yeah, he's he's like, yeah, back then, the the first one didn't even sell out, and uh, the tickets were like $100. Yeah. Like, adjusted for inflation. That's outrageous. (laughs) Oh, oh, uh, for inflation. Okay, that's reasonable then, I guess. You can't, it'd be hard to do it back then in Detroit because it's so cold. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know uh, how he ended up going, but he ended up going every year, and... uh, he says that nowadays, or for the last like couple decades, the NFL is like, hey, buddy, we'll give you these tickets at face value. We're not going to make you go on the scout market and pay $10,000 to come yeah, to the Super Bowl. Yeah, true. Well, hopefully, you know, put some money on the Lions because uh, this guy's got to see the team play in the Super Bowl before he dies. Yeah, I had, no, win I- it. I had no idea the, the Lions were such losers. Detroit's been through enough, Elliot. Yeah, yeah. Please. Yeah. Please. Leonardo DiCaprio is fed up that he has a reputation for dating young women, source claims. It really bothers him. <laughs> Why does he have a debu- reputation for dating young women? Is it because he uh, hasn't, does that? hasn't dated a woman younger than age 27 in uh, his entire life? Could that be it? Or the fact that he was recently spotted with a, a 19-year-old, even though he's like 55? Yeah, he has the ability to change <laughs> this narrative very easily. It's weird. Like, I, I mean, it would be... It'd be one thing, it's like, yeah, that's what I do. I'm Leonardo DiCaprio. I bang very young models. Mm-hmm. But he's like, well, what's... What's wait. the deal with everyone making fun of me or, or whatever? <laughs> People think it's weird? Yeah, I did see like the, the take of, of, you know, there's one side of Leonardo DiCaprio, they get to an age and he's bored with them. But yeah. the other side is that they they get to an age where they're like, what the fuck am yeah, I doing? Wait, what am I doing? <laughs> they get tired of Leonardo DiCaprio. But yeah, it's uh, the last, like, last decade and a half... Every he has broken up with women all once they hit the age twenty five. Yeah, like there's like a graph. It's so fucking funny. Look at this graph. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it, and it gets more uh, questionable every year that goes by. Right. The the older he gets, the they stay the same age. Yeah. Um. I mean, he is in a lot of ways this generation's Jack Nicholson because that's the exact same thing Jack Nicholson did yeah. well into like his his old age. Again. He has the ability alone to fix this narrative. Right. It's like, look, I'm not going to make a value judgment. I do think it's a it's a, a little bit weird, weird yeah. for both parties. But I think like, that they like that just the what what I guess he's it doesn't matter what they talk about. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's just like I can't imagine. Like, why do people have any think kind that of about me? Connection because like, you that's because that's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but you know, on the other hand, it makes people applaud for like Keanu Reeves who uh, dates an age appropriate woman. They're just like, wow. Wow, he did the the normal thing. <laughs> Celebs, they're just like us. They marry people their own age. Mm-hmm. Wow. <sighs> Humiliating. Denver City Council candidate had to crawl on debate stage due to lack of wheelchair access. What? What the fuck? <laughs> they had the debate at a place that did not have a ramp. And uh, I guess his, the electric wheelchairs, they're very heavy. Put him in the couldn't, trebuchet. Couldn't lift him, so uh, he had to just sort of like debase himself uh 
lifting himself onto the stage, and then they were like, all right, let's just move the microphones down to ground level. Let's uh, No, get a ramp. Yeah, um, but uh, this does give him a lot of uh, first order of business as city councilman. Um, Wheelchair ramps everywhere, which the, already the, should be the, the Ameri- case. It, yeah, it's literally the, the Americans with Disabilities Act uh, requires it. One of the uh, actual great things that this country has that a lot of others don't. Yeah, that's that is super weird. There's like the one... The one law that, like, America made that is actually well ahead of, like, the rest of the world. Because, yeah, you go at other countries, like... Get fucked. There's, like, yeah. certain, uh, like, only, like, half the train stations will have, like, wheelchair access. So it's just, like, I don't know. Figure it out. Yeah, luckily, a lot of them have elevators now and stuff. But, like, yeah, yeah it's, it's a lot of countries very old, not really built for that, and would cost, you know, they should do it, like we say with most things. But it yeah. would be outrageous to, like, retrofit every single building like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, like, your average, like... English public house that's like 500 years old um, it would be very difficult to retrofit that to be like wheelchair friendly but um, even like yeah. the sidewalks and roads there not really yes. a- bumpy we're gonna use cobblestones on everything just because it looks cool it is pretty ka-chuk, 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 ka-chuk. kids face is painted black for black history month at Florida preschool parents outrage oh baby it's my favorite month of the year the month where white people who teach at schools try to honor black people in their own very ignorant way and mm-hmm. it blows up in their face and um, now these preschoolers are never going to be able to be president once these pictures get out <laughs> uh you know 35 years from now or whatever i mean yeah it is yeah you're going to have to explain yourself explain why you as a baby were dressed goo goo gaga <laughs> I didn't know any better. But, uh, yeah, I mean, usually it's uh, it's like, you know, we're going to make the kids pick cotton or, like, just some other, like, tone-deaf thing, but, like, literal blackface Yeah, at a Florida preschool. That's, if, uh, that's, that's a little too on the nose for me, I think. If for some reason you're, you're young and watching this show and you haven't seen the legendary viral video of the young black student describing his field trip, <laughs> yeah. go find it. Because uh, it is pick cotton. That, that is something that definitely happened all the time. Yeah, uh, it's wild. Back when no one was able to talk about these things publicly because there was no ability to. And it was just like, yeah, this is the school field trip every year. It's been that way for, I don't know, 40 years. So we just keep going to the uh, to teach people about all of the uh, cotton in this area that, you know, the town was built on. We're not going to say how, you know. Yeah, but, uh, it's always like weirdly uh, you're like missing the point. It's like, yeah, no, the the cotton industry, the fact that we use cotton, that there's nothing inherently wrong with that. It's it's the way the cotton was obtained. Yes. Through slave labor and by having students pick cotton for like 20 minutes, like that's not really teaching them anything mm-hmm. except that that works kind of sucks. Yeah. But uh, but then like at least that has some like painting little kids faces black. Like, I can't possibly fathom what the lesson would have been. Uh, don't ever do this because it's extremely racist. I mean, that's that is the lesson. Yeah, I don't. That wasn't the intent, though. Yeah. World's largest puzzle built in Wisconsin is missing one piece. Oh, it happens <laughs> to the best of us. It's not even the world's largest. Pu- it's the world's largest puzzle that you can like order on the Internet. Mm-hmm. The world's act- like- actual largest puzzle was um, was built in that weird little uh country Turkmenistan oh where they're always trying to get the yeah, records the yeah this world records company country um but yeah this one it was it's a big one it's a big one and um it's gotta suck yeah this is why i would never never even start on one of these big puzzles because i know i know one of those pieces is gonna i did disappear. so many puzzles during the pandemic and yeah they're like i would say half of them i was missing a piece it ruined but also have cats and uh yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I wouldn't happens. Trust, I wouldn't trust my dogs being within the same house as a puzzle. <laughs> no. No, that no. shit would that shit would vanish. You would have to get the last piece out of his butthole. Yeah, I'd have to fish it out of the a big old turd in the yard. Yeah, well, you smash it on someone's face yeah, and then I'm it'll like, look Well, I've here. already got this turd. Hey, I've been looking for that. I got some got some grudges. I got some scores to settle. Yeah. Elliot very upset about the reviews of his latest one-man ballet. Yeah. This yeah. is bullshit. <laughs> I worked so hard. <laughs> Oscar Mayer Wienermobile repaired after catalytic converter stolen Las Vegas. <laughs> Man, this is this really is a nationwide problem. Yeah. But so I don't know. First of all, the idea of stealing a catalytic converter from the Wienermobile is it's just, a devious lick. Like, yeah, that's that's whoever did this has already stolen a lot of catalytic converters and did this for the uh, for the prestige among the catalytic converter thief community. Uh, counterpoint: It was PETA. All right. Could be. <laughs> but yeah, even like like looking at the Wienermobile, it's pretty low to the ground too, and it's big. Like actually getting to the the middle of the undercarriage of the Wienermobile seems seems like it'd be hard. So we're gonna look for someone who's thin, maybe a contortionist, like a cat burglar. Yeah. Seems also, like this happening in, in Vegas, like guarantee the person doing it's like some on some Ocean's Eleven shit. Yeah. Some Danny Ocean playing the music. Yeah. Just crawling under there doing the thing. It's a very devious lick. Yeah, the most devious lick. No wiener whistles for you, sir, or ma'am. Yeah, Probably whoever, so. Whoever you were. Yeah. Allentown couple discussed forgiveness and love decades after wife hired hitmen to kill husbands. It was the thing that brought them together, finally. Uh, that's what they say. They're like, wow. The husband, he was, he was, he was getting action on the side. The wife found out about it. She was very upset. Uh, these two people, they're Italian, and the husband ran a pizza place, by the way, in case none of this is making sense to you. Mm -hmm. That explains a lot, yes, doesn't it? I guess. Marron. Anyway, uh, the wife, uh, she hired a bunch of, like, teenagers, some local teens to try to kill her husband, and they, like, failed multiple times. It was like, it was like trying to kill Fidel Castro. They, they put, like, a car bomb in his car. It didn't go off. But finally, uh, they shot him in the head, but they did such a bad job that he, like, lived and uh, didn't even realize he'd been shot. Um, and then they trauma bonded? Well, she finally got the police, I, I'm assuming... She didn't even take him to the hospital. I'm assuming his condition got worse. And then, like, the police were like, how did this happen? Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, uh, when the husband found out, he's like, oh, she she tried to have me killed. She must really love me. And he, like, bailed her out. And, um, you know, she spent she went to prison for four years for attempted murder. Uh, but uh, when she got Rehabilitated. out, they've, they've been, uh, you know, their relationship has never been stronger. It's just what that relationship needed. Yeah, it's the real so, shot in the head that that relationship needed. So I, I, I know I wouldn't necessarily recommend this for you know no. couples that might be on the rocks, but mm -hmm. it has been proven to be successful at least in this case. Two totally mentally stable people, right, falling back in love. Mm-hmm. Wyoming limiting child marriage sparks Republican outrage. Hmm. Don't bring those California laws yeah. over here to Wyoming. We're not the party of groomers. You are, but meanwhile, how dare you? Try to limit child marriage. And, like, like, this is a lot, like, you hear about this, like, oh, they're they're making child marriage illegal. No, they're just, they're raising the age that a child can get married to 16 from, like, no limits at all. And this is pissing these people off. They're like, well, what am More I supposed to do More government regulation. Yeah, jeez. Who, who made Gavin Newsom the they're, governor of Wyoming? They're just telling on themselves. Yeah, this is fucking weird. This is a very weird, sus thing and to this is, be mad about. This is also like didn't didn't this is the state where they like got rid of Liz Cheney because she was like Trump's fucking lying. 
Yeah, and she was right. I believe that I believe Wyoming also has its share of uh, Mormons, and um, oh yeah, and yeah. not the more progressive Salt Lake City Mormons. Uh, the the more uh, the the more remote uh, mm-hmm. Mormons out there who do their own thing. Sometimes they do a lot of their own thing. But huh. uh, yeah, it's definitely a weird, a real are we the baddies moment. Um, getting getting this upset over uh, the the age of marriage consent being raised to 16, which is still way too young. Wild. Wild things in the Wild West. Yeah. Even Leonardo DiCaprio would be he, like, he has his absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? 18, though? Let's go. <laughs> his current girlfriend, someone pointed out, like she was still in high school. She was a, a junior in high school when the pandemic started. That's insane. Like, having that put in perspective like that, I'm like, that's fucking weird. Also, she wasn't alive when Titanic was released. No, she wasn't. So no, what does she even like about him? He's rich. He's been in a lot of good he's movies. rich. Not just Titanic, but uh, it is, yes, it's very odd. It is strange. Uh, yeah. Um, it Look, at face value, it's strange. It is. Legal? Strange. Sure, I guess. Yale professor under fire for suggesting elderly Japanese residents should kill themselves. Hey, I got a solution. Jesus Christ, Mr. Yale professor, what are you doing? I mean, this professor is Japanese. He's uh-huh. from Japan. And uh, his suggestion, when you sum it up like this, it sounds a bit harsh. Uh, and he says that he's t- been taken slightly out of context. He was only half serious. But he's like, you know, in Japan, we have the seppuku tradition. And, uh, you know, to preserve their honor, the overwhelmingly elderly Japanese uh, managerial class should... Uh, commit uh, career seppuku and uh, step aside so young people because like, I guess like every fucking like CEO and upper level like C-suite oh. manager in Japan is like fucking 80 years old Wait, so it's like not, a huge problem he's for, not asking them to take their own lives well, just I end think their he, career he kind of is he's just like yeah I mean you're a burden uh, but uh, it's yeah it's mostly just about career opportunities for he's just people he's like pitching the plot of Midsummer. He literally used that as an example. Really? Yeah, he's like, this scene in Midsummer, they should look into that in, J- in Japan. You know, you give them a nice meal, you treat them with respect, it's and what, then it's you like make one of those them violent walk like, deaths. Yeah, yeah, it's a real <laughs> fucked up scene. Yeah. Yeah, it's really the whole but movie. They, is... they gave him a nice meal beforehand. Sure. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> they had a whole party for him and everything. It, it, yes. I mean, com- <laughs> compared to, like, I guess, other ways that you could die, sure. But, you know. I, yeah, I wouldn't choose to jump off a cliff. Yeah. Especially that cliff. Not high enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you have a lot of homework. Go watch the uh, viral video of the kid who had to go pick cotton. Go watch Midsummer. Uh, Great you know, movie. Lots of stuff for you to do. Uh, but let's move on to the next headline. Largest penguin ever discovered weighed a whopping 340 pounds, fossils reveal. It weighed as much as a gorilla. Screw the dodo. Bring this thing back. Yeah, I, I want to. I want to. I want to fucking see this thing. Uh, so it's not the tallest penguin. I guess they they already discovered the tallest penguin, and it was like six six. No way. But it was it was long. This one was like five foot two, but like, you know, chonky. It was a real shibby versus Dave Austin. Yeah, situation. a real just like, a real unit. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, three hundred and forty pounds. Like this thing. This thing comes for you, you get out of the way. That thing is taking you down. Absolutely no way it would survive in today's climate. Uh, I think we should give it a shot at least. Yeah, I mean, why not give it the old college try? And of course, yeah, they, they found the bones in New Zealand, the, the land of weird flightless birds. 
Well, they don't have any reason to fly. That's another, like, uh, the Dodo, cool. Who gives a shit? They need to bring back the MOA. The the great MOA. Mm-hmm. The, uh, like, one of the, one of those flightless birds, I guess the Maori over uh, hunted because it was mm-hmm. like a bird that's like 12 feet tall, fully uh, erect and like erect <laughs> and terrifying. Yeah. Like feet the size of like velociraptor feet. If you if you ever want to, more homework to read something interesting uh, about uh, endangered animals that some of which are now completely gone, uh, Douglas Adams wrote a book. The guy from Hitchhiker's Guide yeah. to the Galaxy wrote a book about going across the world to see the most endangered animals in the world. And he went with like a BBC researcher mm. who got him access to everything. Very fascinating and also depressing because a lot of the animals that he's witnessing, he's one of the last people to see them. Yeah, that's too bad. Mm-hmm. I think it's literally called Last Chance to See. California's housing shortage is so bad, a university is considering a floating barge as a dorm. (laughs) Students call it a prison boat. This is like the plot to Batman Dark Knight or whatever. Yeah, we make a student Alcatraz. Yeah. Uh, So we talked about, like, last year, that guy, the big donor for, like, UC Santa Barbara who wants to build a, like, windowless, like, Mega City One-style dorm. Like a (laughs) Soviet-style 1970s Soviet dorm. (laughs) That he designed himself, which, like... He somehow gets out of like following like building codes, uh, and yeah, up up further north in like Humboldt, where they got a Cal Poly up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they can't expand their dorms, so they're just like yeah, a floating barge. And they're like, it, and it wouldn't even be close to the university. They'd have to like, they're like, it would be eight miles away. Which when I when I first read that, I was like, picturing it eight miles out to sea was yeah. especially funny. But I guess they mean just like eight miles down the coast. But um, sure, but yeah. If the, if the dorm boat's uh, rocking, don't come a knocking. And uh, it's always rocking, baby. Yeah, I maybe can't... if it was like a marine biology class. Yeah, if it was like Monterey or something like that. It'd be like, yeah, this makes sense, and you can get away with it because the students aren't aware that it's you know a necessity. They just think they're out there studying. Sure. Nursing. Oh yeah, research. Yeah. Um, yeah. We uh, eat kelp all day long. I mean, I feel like, yeah, you live on a you live on a dorm boat for a whole year. You got your sea legs. You get land sick when you come on campus. The one thing that this would improve, and I know it already had a resurgence, but it's time again, is bringing back the sea shanty. Yeah. I want to see what these students can come up with out on, on the ocean. And they should make these students shovel coal. Yes. Not that the boat's going anywhere, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's hard work. It teaches you discipline. Yeah. There you go. Shovel that coal. <laughs> Anyways, uh, if you haven't, already please check out our most recent episodes from this week we got uh president joe biden talking about ufos we got uh people being friend zoned by ai it's been a very strange week yeah overall so strange year (laughs) yeah make sure you check out both of those videos make sure you subscribe to the channel and you give this video a like every bit helps thank you so much we'll see you next week for more news bye-bye bye